0: off the ball daily a home for your favorite podcasts from off the ball i might create a new game i looked at creating a game that just has four pockets on me. i looked at the table we started playing i went you know what i like this it's a cross between paul and snooker subscribe to the off the ball daily podcast feed right now brian o'driscoll on off the ball with vodafone main
1: sponsor of the irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us now then, so end of the European season and for the second year in a row, it is very much all hail La Rochelle. Extraordinary scenes around the port. I'm sure you've seen them over the last 24 hours. They are very much enjoying this as much as they enjoyed the first. An epic final in Dublin. Leinster 26, La Rochelle 27. Very obvious, Brian O'Driscoll is here in
0: studio. You are very welcome. Thanks, Joe. I haven't seen anything because I muted a load of Instagram accounts and Twitter accounts that yep. were was necessary. You can imagine the scenes. I can, but I saw them last year. I was happy for them last year. Yeah. <laughs> I accepted it last year. Less so this time around. It was t- that was a tough, tough loss. I think it's tougher because it felt, from longer out, an air of inevitability. Whereas, um, you know, in real time, just there was no energy. Like, even like, I was sitting beside the bench and there was no energy from them from right after halftime. And I thought, God, like they're nine points up. There was no jumping up and, but there was very little to actually cheer about in the second half. But, but even still, I just thought they were very sedate. And um, yeah, was, I was nervous from really early on in the second half, because nine points is nothing in the modern game, particularly a side like La Rochelle, the way we, they have scored points in, particularly against Exeter in the semi-final, you know, at will. And have done it against teams in the past, and have that size and power. You always are fearful that they can come back at you, which they duly did. And they uh, they, they made hard work of it at times themselves, but then eventually got it done. To ask a um, simple question with complicated answer: What happened? Um, I think a, a number of factors. I think obviously, Lencer came out of the blocks, the dream start. And I, I think you're. it's very hard to keep your, you know, it's a final. You know that a team is going to have a purple patch. They're going to come back. And that was, it was 17 points before they blinked. You know, both sides couldn't believe it. Um, so, you know, championship mentality, you know, champion winning mentality doesn't roll over. And, you know, interesting hearing Roger afterwards saying he was wondering what his halftime conversation was going to be about... You know, is this a pride save saving exercise but yes individual brilliance from Dante and then a great great team try from Soutini got them back in the mix and it just stirred doubt in Leinster's heads that they have been there two previous years in La Rochelle in the semi in the final last year or so that's the psychology of the game is huge. As much as it's a physical game, it's a psychological game. And they, they turned. They, they turned Leinster and, and they tightened up and they made errors in the second half and they doubted themselves for the first time in, this, in the season, certainly in the European season. And you can't defend a lead in rugby. You can never go with the mentality of defending a lead. You gotta go half-time, nil all, win the second half. That has to be your mentality. Um, and as soon as you think about and you're looking at the clock and waiting for time to pass, you're on the back foot because on the subconscious that's a it's a, it's a negative mentality and you're inviting on pressure and and you're playing tighter and I thought Lencer offered other than when they had to chase the game at the end they they offered nothing really in the second half up to seven minutes out where they put together some nice passages of play um but they just had you know unforced error upon unforced error and had to defend massively gave away penalties could have had a couple of sin binnings before the actual sin binning Um, so it's hard to begrudge this la rochelle team considering what they have to do from you know in the immediate after the immediate 11 minutes of coming back from that but getting themselves back into it but then filled and buoyed by confidence with how their game plan was really hurting Leinster and again it's, the reality is and we the, you know players will deny it but that, that that Achilles heel that attritional physical game much bigger men running at smaller men is a factor it just is one of the biggest club teams if not teams in the world and we, we couldn't contain them physically we just couldn't they couldn't. Sorry, Leinster. I'm yeah. not meant to be on neutral here, right? I think
1: the cat's out of the bag, maybe. There was definitely a period in the second half where I felt Skelton, Dante. Skelton, Dante. Aldrich. Skelton, Dante. Bit of Aldrich. Little Antonio. Um, and it was Antonio. Uh,
0: Soutini. The centres were, were excellent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Leinster just seem to be looking around at each other saying we're not quite sure how to get out of this
0: but even when there was I made, I made a point like they, were, they got some possession for the first time really with and just after the hour mark mm. they got a line out they hit up in the middle and they went to the box kick like just inside the opposition's half and, and maybe over the course of the season they've done that at other times but it was when Jimmy O'Brien contested in the air and gave away the penalty it was a close call okay some not all referees might necessarily have given that one, but I just thought, gosh, you've got it's the first time to actually own the ball for a little while, test them, put them through multiple phases, see, you know they've done all the attacking, you've done all the defending, you roll reversal for a little while, and see how they like it, and 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 it was a two phase or two phase hit up and then a box kick to a contest, which you know the box kick wasn't right on the money and, and all of a sudden you're, you're then 40, 50 metres down the field defending another driving mall I just thought gosh it, 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 that felt like a tighten a tightening it did it really did it felt like low risk which is not their game and and it's very hard it's, I mean, you know it's you know, it's a final and you've lost the last one and you've lost another one and you've lost semi-finals it's the subconscious definitely has plays with you. It does. Of course it does. Just trying we just need to get there. We're in we're at home too. It's the dream final in the Aviv. Gosh, we've got to win this one. And I've been saying it for weeks and months. They had to win that one. This was the one. And and unfortunately they didn't. And I think it will it will leave a scar, unfortunately. It's it it'll leave a mark. Whatever about last year's one, we away in France and the manor in the last minute and this one with all the factors at play, going that far ahead and and even having an opportunity at the end to win it too when we come to that um, and not being able to, to deliver when it's set up for you, when you've been the best team in Europe but you don't deliver it on the biggest day again for a second year running. That is, it's tough to take as a, an ex-player, as a supporter. Brutal, brutal as... Uh, as a player this is the worst of them oh, like yeah I think I think so See, last year it was horrible because it was, a, there was they didn't even have a chance to get back maybe that they'll tell you that that was worse they had a chance to get back to, to win this a really good chance got up to the try line and Hastoy is parked up at guard on a three metre blind and First of all, Ryan Baird is on the left hand side, one on one, and they can't dig the ball out. Gibson Park has to go in, and Baird goes in too. And then Ross Maloney goes in at scrum half, and Lowe is in the ruck, and then he steps back like between them. They have to be able to target Hastoy, who they'd been, who La had been trying to hide all game, had been hiding him at hooker off out so he doesn't have to make tackles. He's not a defensive player, so one on one, you have got to demand that. Be it low, maybe saw it late, or he's got to communicate to Ross Maloney, going don't go open. You've a one-on-one second row against a ten. That that there's only one outcome there. So that I remember seeing it live, and I only watched it about an hour ago for the second time, and it was miles worse. Yeah. I thought, oh gosh, that championship. Matt Williams talks about it, but championship minutes. You know, and not no more than championship minutes at the end of the game when it's at stake, but um, when all to play for but that was particularly sickening whatever about the alatoa alatoa yeah. you know red card and it was and but there were there were chances before that that really that that
1: killed them cuz i haven't heard that one mentioned the <laughs> lack of the drop goal Option has been mentioned as well. In
0: some ways, you seem more irritated by. Yeah, the no, order. I am. I am. Like uh, they weren't bang in front, and I don't know where Ross Byrne's position was. Was he? Did he have an appetite for it, or what? I, I, I don't actually know. But never in the pocket as such. Like you've got to offer that, right? Yeah. You've got to offer it. Like you just have to, whether you go there or not, because in reality, they weren't going to be firing it out in the back line. You know, they weren't going to be trying to score from one side with on, on yeah. the other wing. It was going to be through the guts. It was going to be how they score an awful lot of tries. Yeah, and so the alternative to that is your ten to knock over a goal. So you got to present to to give your scrum half that option. So whether Gibson Park didn't or was it uh, was Luke McGraw on at that stage? No, no. Gibson Park was on to the end. Mm-hmm. No. So um, whether Gibson Park didn't see that as an option, but that won the the pick and jam on the with three meters blind side, two meters blind side. At the line, that was a killer for me. And I don't remember that incident as,
1: as as well as you. I've only seen it once, and I was in the stadium and a long way away from that line. Do you put them not spotting that down to the specific pressure of that moment? Like,
0: do you feel five weeks ago in a less pressurized environment they see that seventy ninth minute, seventy sixth minute of a ferocious te- yeah yeah not test match but test match standard like there 's that that 's at play, total exhaustion of body and mind, not seeing things, but sometimes your senses are heightened by the fact that this is it. this is our last chance saloon, and so i 'm trying to think back and put yourself in that position. I would never like to kind of go Oh, I, if I was there i 'd have done that it 's because every situation is different, but it did feel as though. The urgency needed there could have been elevated slightly on what we did see around giving multiple options: drop goal, both blind side as well as open side. Don't make it easy for them to defend one side. We're, got, we're, we're going there. We're lining up there. You've got to you, you've got to think laterally. You've got to think multifaceted. And you look at the, the best example of that is the English winning drop goal in the World Cup in 2003 where they set up for the drop goal and Mac Dawson has a snipe like perfect set it up do something different they made 10 metres and then they were out, and then it was in range mm. so you've got you have to have keep them guessing the whole time and I, I just think they played into their hands a small bit and, and that comes from total exhaustion of course it does um, and the ferocity of the game and we're talking about you know, whatever about backs, but talk about forwards that have been scrummaged and mauled to death by this huge La Rochelle pack. So I have a total appreciation for that, but just sometimes a little bit of clarity yeah. needed or in those key moments. Is the difference between winning and losing, and that ultimately is what it often comes down to.
1: That um, uh, critique, that would feed into... Uh, A theory, and it is only a theory, but the theory that this Leinster team are not pushed to the pin of their collars half enough. And therefore, when they find themselves in a cup final with that kind of pressure, Irish appearances aside, but in the blue of Leinster, frankly, it's the first time they've been under that
0: kind of pressure in a year. It's hard to argue that the validity validity of that, it really is, because this team, okay, they, they might have had it against Munster last week, but they and The vast majority of them weren't playing it. Um, and you it's know, been the loss 20, against twenty notches
1: above yeah, the previous week. Exactly,
0: um, the South African game that they lost was the young young guys. So you're, you're absolutely right. The put it being put in those situations has only come in European semi-finals and finals against the best opposition, and the standard of Europe. It, it, it's always been the case that it changes dramatically. More often than not, at semi-final and and then final, it's a it goes. Steep cliff. Yeah, it really is. It like to get to that crescendo is is significant. It's not an extra ten percent. It's like an extra twenty five percent on mm. other knockout stages. Um, so, and that's why you look. You know, that's why but then again it's a one point loss as it was a two point loss last time as well feels like an 18 point loss it does it does and and, and some will argue that La Rochelle possibly should have won it by more um, con- considering how the game evolved in the second half when they did come back into it and the momentum and all the play was with them um, but yet the nip and tuck of of those close finals and big games yeah it's one key decision one 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 moment of bravery one moment of significance one lapse in concentration yeah. that is the margin that's where it is at elite level sport full stop rugby any other sport mm. and so that's doesn't make it any more palatable but it's it's yeah it's being cl- very clear and concise in that most needy moment is where you have Legendary status and legacy, you know, built. Um, and the and the terrible thing is that this Leinster team can't be considered a great team. They they can't because they don't have the trophies to show for it, which doesn't seem right. Because in my eyes, best Leinster team that I have seen. You know, I think our team was very good back in two thousand eleven and twelve, but consistently across the board, the quality, the depth of squad. For me, this is a better Leinster team, but yet people will not yeah. in time look back and go no no you're wrong there because they couldn't get it done quality I mean but obviously finishing power we possessed more
1: yeah that's such an interesting but, but point. we could have
0: sorry we yeah. could also have lost the final in 09 we could have lost in 11 to Northampton and we would I would be sitting here having a totally different conversation maybe not being even a one time European champion because you win the third one on the back of winning the first two yeah. so it, it's funny how fickle and how Slight things can move and and scenarios c- can unfold and history made on the back of yeah. the most minute of moments and you're defined for your life by it. you them. are you, you are it's perfect. mad it's so it's it is so cruel and brilliant if you're on the right side of it you know yeah
1: um, so th- that's such an interesting point about them being maybe the best Leinster team. And I heard you saying that on a BT commentary. I think it was uh, Racing Away earlier this year. Mm. That like these are you know one of the reasons I re- I would love to see them win is these I think are this is the best Leinster team I've seen. And it was again another typical Racing Away. God, that would be a tough game. Actually, for Leinster, it wasn't a tough game. Kind of a performance. And yeah, and they were saying. I, well, I've heard them by like really smart people talk, and they, they didn't mean it in a dig kind of way. I've heard Leinster compared to Mayo, and <laughs> to very Mayo fans. Yeah, to Mayo and to, uh, was it Rassing? Must have been Rassing, as like the bridesmaids in the last couple of days. That like twenty eighteen is a that's a different generation almost. Mm. You know, that's ancient history, and like with Lancaster going and Sexton going. What a tough way to frame that that generation. So
0: I, I don't know. Like with those two going, it's it's it is absolutely the end of a massive Leinster era that, in reality, has not delivered delivered or been rewarded for the quality of rugby that we have seen from them, because of particularly the two finals in the last two years. Whatever about Saracens, I think Saracens just found a way. But again, a similar way of just outpowering them. But I wasn't. I think Saracens had to deal with their own issues of losing two props as well back then and I remember thinking, wow, that's... And also then you know, everything came out about Saracens and yeah. salary caps and everything, so we won't go there. But I, I remember being more at peace with that loss than... And maybe it was because it was so soon after the success of 2018, it was a softer landing, yeah. you know? You go, okay, we're bound to lose one. The next final we'll get into, we'll mm. win that. But it hasn't been the case. And, and and many of this team have not got, you know, weren't involved in 2018. A lot mm. of them. Mm. So, and to to be a three-time losing finalist, that must be wicked, you know? I, I What's his name? Chivancy. Was it last three or four? Um, finals, and I always remember thinking, "God, I feel huge sympathy for him." Now he'd never won one. Yeah, but that, that's where I, some a number of these players and are you, too. You
1: know, it's funny; people would debate that Mayo team of the last decade, and st- would still say, "Well, okay, they didn't get our line. They're still a great
0: team." Nah, nah. I think greatness has to be uh, culminates in success, in genuine success, um, trophy success. Okay. I, th- I think it does, you'd personally. Be, you'd
1: be accused of a lack of nuance there, but it's that black and white for you.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do. I do. I think it's... It is... Um, if that... People would... That Munster team in the naughties if they hadn't won one, would they be in a great team? No. I, I don't think they could have been. No, you could, I, I couldn't I don't think be, they no. could have been. You have to win one to... Mm you know you have to win the the big stuff to to, to be considered a great team you do
1: where do you think this leaves Leinster
0: I don't know I don't
1: know last year I think in the dressing room apparently there was a real sense of the final is in Dublin we go again yeah very hard to turn around and say next one's in London Spurs yes we go again so um, you mentioned scars. I mean, because o- O'Gara said afterwards in BT and he said, look, maybe not my place to say as such. But yeah, look, if I'm being honest, we knew that the weight of Leinster not getting over the line in recent years would make it more difficult for Leinster to win this game. We knew that. So you can now times that by two again into next year minus Sexton. Maybe Nianabar is a fresh voice. Maybe it's easier for him to stand in front of the group and say, I know how to win us this trophy. Because it's very difficult, as great as Lancaster has been, for Lancaster to say, "Fellas,
0: I got a plan." I agree. I, I absolutely agree with all of that. I think the change aspect, considering what's just happened, is now important. That things freshen up, and maybe not the change of Johnny, because it's one of in, once in a generation type player gone, mm. and maybe Sam Prendergast will come through and be. Now that next iteration, follow on that Johnny was from Raj, and um, in you know, from a from a you know a world class point of view. But um, yeah, I think I think they they do need a new voice. They do need change, and and Lancaster has been magnificent for the the setup and for developing players and leaders and creating belief but belief you still have to get it done yourself Mm. in in finals and close matches and like we said earlier it's the margin between us having a totally different conversation today and um, and having this one is so minute it really is the point was made on
1: last night's chat we had Matt on and uh, Jerry Thornley on as well and you know Matt was harking back to Rocky Elson Brad Thorne and these kind of figures who were part of previous European wins. Nathan Hines. Nathan Hines. He mentioned Nathan Hines as well. So, if Leo Cullen is sitting down with the powers that be at Leinster and they're saying, okay, clearly there's something missing here. Where do we need to bring in some foreign
0: investment, foreign players? Even Fardy in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's... What, that, that, that When you look it, back at the... At the. Front? Well, yeah. Like, I think that massive... Ball carrying six second row, and the grunt and the and the nasty and and we thought you know to a degree we might have that in Jenkins, but I think that you look at what Will Skelton did and just the extra yards that he, yeah. that he delivered when he was getting smashed. It's hard I mean, to... It just, he, 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 he was on... It's freakish. When you're undefendable. Watch him do it. it yeah. It just and then he had attention. also like, the subtle hands out the back yeah. when you do double team and try and wrap up the ball. Like if he played for Leinster the last five years? Ah, uh, Yeah, like if you... If, I think if you do, if you're honest and, and you look at that, would he have been the, a part of the missing link that maybe they've been crying out for? I think it's hard to argue that he... Wouldn't have Mm. been a massive differentiator. Wonder why Leinster
1: have stopped going into the market in that
0: way. I think their hands are probably a bit tied as well, depending on what goes on up 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 top in in the union. You know, you're very everything, yeah, and everything is dependent on what's going on in the other provinces and making sure that there's pathways for players to come through as well. So it's not as easy as we need a big second row or need a big six. If you're if you're stalling other potential. Players coming through um, get coming into the national team. Well, you're not going to be allowed it. And did they need Charlie Natai this season? You'd argue with Robbie Henshaw and with others there. No, but yeah. but that was a spot that was freed up. You know, so get a good quality overseas player as well, and he will play a lot of the you know the URC games and add value in semi-finals and finals. But which he has done. Mm. But but if you're honest. And you look back at the common denominator on all of the successes. It's been a uh, brilliant overseas, back row, second row figure that probably added to the confidence levels of the, and the skill sets of all those that were around, around the setup already. Yeah.
1: Um I mean, We won't pick our way through it, the minutiae of the game, but a final thought or two on it. I mean, we haven't touched in the first 20 minutes, mm. which were absolutely
0: awesome yeah like well the like way, well, the first 11 minutes were were brilliant <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like the obviously the first try is the dream um, and when you analyse opposition and you think they're going to defend a particular way and they do like it's just it's it's um,
1: it's like a hand in poker and you're trying not to get too excited yeah exactly it's, like it's, of- it's pocket aces and
0: you're like oh my gosh they're Matt you said ended. it
1: was a New Zealand World Cup twenty eleven move. So I guess Goodman would have seen his fair share in New Zealand. End the years,
0: was it? Yeah. No, well, not that, certainly not the one they scored in the final. It was Tony Woodcock through the middle. It was that was a different version because yeah. that that he hit the line out. He didn't say final. Might okay, have been, all right, okay, okay. okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's it was dreamland, and because I thought so much, it was like if the flower shell start well well then we've got a game on if Leinster start well it'll be you know it could be a real do- a domination that we're hoping and, and, and actually I thought that Leinster might win if they- Got going. I thought they might win by ten. It was one of those. I thought, okay, it's thankless putting your, you know, putting your hand out there and and to, and showing people. But I thought I really thought. And then when you they go seventeen nil up, it was like I'm looking at Sarah Elgin who's you know reporting for BT, and she was like, we were right <laughs> at the end of the game. We were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but the and then the obviously the second try was brilliant. We had just done a demo on exactly that in, on on BT as well talking about how Gibson Park on three on twos often misses the first person who sits down the first defender and they hit the second and then create a 2-on-1 whereas Keenan went because he thought he was going to score himself and the speed of that Ruck ball and Ross Byrne delivered a good pass to Jimmy O'Brien cloud nine and then obviously the yellow card that I thought was harsh on Kurt on Barlow because he kind of gets back five, but by the time he makes the tackle, and there's someone going to smash Gibson Park right in behind him, so I think that's not a yellow card for me it's it's one that you're you get a good warning, yeah. but but told not to do that again, but thought it was a difficult one for them to take and then they they scored immediately brilliant from from Gibson Park he 's such a thinker of the game where it's the edge where Carbarlo defends that 's his spot on the line, you know, marshalling his troops in closer to the rook, and he'll look after it. And then he's not there, right. and um, and they find she and out wide. So <clears throat> the Dante try, the individual brilliance of that, and and Ringrose will be disappointed with the tack, but I don't think he did an awful lot wrong. It was just it was just ferocious, yeah, physicality that sometimes you just have to go. Well, I tried. He's frightened. It's like tack trying to tackle Jonah. Yeah, you know. Well, I gave him my best shot. I really did. I just I, there's nothing I could do about the physics of it. Yeah. So, um, and then I thought the, tr- the Soutini try was, was all important before halftime. Yeah. All important. And, and actually, that was an excellent team try. Combination of powerful running, offloading, working around the corner. And they, and they narrowed Leinster up and the, and the speed of the rook ball. And actually, right at the very end, um, Sazi comes around the corner and runs and its work rate and, and just squares up at the line and as a result Furlong has a little look in has a little mini bite on that and the separation between him and Henshaw mm. results mm. and Henshaw then has to make a read on Hastoy or Soutini and what he does is he plays off as I would have done an awful lot when you're, you're, when you're in trouble you play off playing relaxed and then you try and fire back in to catch them off guard when they See comfort in relaxing, going. You're playing soft. Okay. Knew exactly what he was doing. Has to be too good a ball player yeah. to fall for that. Henshaw shoots, and and it was a score. Whereas they might still have scored if Furlong who's a very good defender, um, doesn't bite there. He might. They might still stretch them, but you've got a chance of working together. And Henshaw had to go lone wolf on it and try and problem solve, which. <clears throat> the lads took apart mm-hmm. so um, that try for me was was massive because nine points in the modern games not that much yeah it's uh, not and it's, it's really in. not and the momentum had just begun to swung, swing with them having it was like oh my god we conceded 17 points in 11 minutes and now we're only nine points behind at halftime and it seems someone reminded his coaching ticket geez
1: it was eight points in Marseille so that was one of the themes of their time. yeah fellas were rocking here we go. Uh, Leinster looked very tired in the second half as well. I guess the, the enormity of the effort. And
0: I think they're so fit on their game plan, right? On what they do. Yeah. But obviously you, you're going to be tired from the amount of tackling that they did. Like the, ta- the tackle numbers were through the roof. Same as in Marseille. Like through the roof. And, and it's a lot more fatiguing to tackle than it is to play with the ball. But also their game plan fit right same as Ireland mm. they look so fit as a team because they don't use up energy unnecessarily they've such a clear understanding of where they're meant to be but when you don't have possession or you're a bit frantic when you do have possession or you kick it away immediately it's it, it calls on your energy reserves to actually kick in rather than go okay now we're comfortable now we're into our groove we know what we're doing felt a little bit not headless chickeny but it just felt like they were a little bit lost I i like the loss of James Ryan was yeah. huge on half an hour really was just yeah. it did look if you're honest it, you kind of go who well, who who put their hand up who were the leaders who was really you know calling the shots and it was it would be hard from looking in to really go well he was and he was and he was conan tried his best carried hard but i think with regard to guidance and know how and just a bit of comfort that you get with certain players on the field. And James is definitely one of those. Um, he felt like a, an enormous loss. Yes. Henshaw and Furlong off as well. Henshaw is probably one of those other ones as well. And, and Furlong gone, you know, I, I presume injured on 45 minutes. We were hearing that it was a tactical change. I can't imagine that had been the case. But Al has, has has struggled you know at times throughout the season in the scrum yeah. it's not the first time to have you know conceded you know some penalties and um, and actually we got one penalty in the second half and ben Kay was was talking in, in commentary about how ireland were very lucky he was right it, it was a way How the angle of Porter boring in, and how Antonio was square, but yet somehow he gave the penalty to us, and one of those penalties that Ross kicked. So, in all of those situations, yeah, there was a turnover that Doris might have gotten, or, but there was equally there was a truck and trailer that, for me, was never a truck and trailer where. Where Porter was still latched on to Kalam and um, and Burgery was locked in behind when the, when a mall tried to pivot off, and and Ref gave obstruction. I, I thought it was a tough call. So in all scenarios, there were for and against. And you're sometimes when you're trying to watch the game, you're not trying to do, try not to be green eyed monster of just watching your team. And so for me, I can't feel as though there wasn't some strong form of balance mm. on incorrect decisions. Yes either side. Yes. Yeah. So, and a last one then, like you've, you've touched on various aspects,
1: uh, fitness when it's everything going to plan versus when you're really struggling is a, is a different type of fitness um, and maybe the frantic energy that comes from that. And we saw the the miscued kicks as well, which are very costly and giving away possession maybe a bit too quickly on the hour mark. Uh, the skeleton line out not challenging him has been talked about as well mm. a few times and any other number of factors. Was there anything jumping out at you as the clock was hitting 50, 60, 65 minutes, as it felt watching like a slow, painful death? Was there anything obvious that Leinster could have done to interrupt that general pattern?
0: I thought, well, there's a few things there. Um, I think they just needed to trust their, their their multi-phase, you know, to get hold of a bit of possession and, and, and onus. They're a team that has a lion's share of possession in most of their games. And so in the second half, it felt as though the times they did get it, it was, let's get it up the other end of the field because there's been so much pressure poured on us down here.
1: Who who should dictate that?
0: I think that comes predominantly from 10, 10. from halfbacks, but from 10 of being able to go, okay, let's think. Let's think for our next five phases. This is what we're going to do and make them make some tackles because we've been making them all. Let's make them do what we've been doing. And you might get a mismatch or you might get a lazy, you know, person rolling tackling, not rolling away from the rook, and you get a, a penalty and then you kick up and you have a line out and then it just builds a bit of confidence. Yes. Whereas so much of what they were doing was, was anti-confidence. It was like they they get the ball back and win a great turnover and then kick it out on the full or sliced kick and the double negative of obviously doing that as an individual but also then suffering the consequences and the uplift that that the opposition gets from oh brilliant okay that was their chance to relieve pressure now there's more pressure on them it's almost like it ratchets up two rungs rather than um, than one so it's um, yeah it just felt as though it really really unraveled until the last seven minutes when they had it to play game. again, and then they could that's and then the that's the, the, that's the, that's the huge frustration yeah. because they know it's like something it kicked them into into form into true true to form what yes. they need, what they have done, delivered all season, but it took going behind to do that, whereas having that mentality of going and playing and doing what's forced teams into making poor decisions all season mm. why would you? Move away from that, why would you change tack yeah because it 's
1: horrible to like single out people, but like that is the ten position is the ten position, so it 's a bad day at the office for burn, and I presume he has the ability to play more than he did, so maybe that 's the occasion getting to him and, and the panic that was in the team generally and, and him not having the experience perhaps
0: to, yeah to i think I, I, if i 'm honest i think he he'd, he'd struggled over in in La Rochelle two years ago he didn't have the brilliant 20 minutes when he came on in the final this was his this was salvation this yeah. was the change and it, and it didn't happened. it didn't happen for him
1: yeah because this was the one that was going to rubber stamp World Cup what's happened worry. since yeah. the
0: Australian game how he's become this excellent facilitator Johnny hadn't paid, played a minute of the Champions Cup this season mm. this was him and his team he was dry, He was the driving force there's life after Johnny etc yeah. etc et et but it didn't it didn't happen it didn't there was no there's no fluidity there was no ownership and and you know putting the team in you know in the right places at the right times or or holding possession or you know using particular plays that would have given them an opportunity to grow in confidence a little bit just didn't feel like any of that was in play after that first 15 20 minutes mm. um and then you know if if you're not offering back in the pocket as a 10, you've got to do that, yeah, whether they go to you or not, you've got to say, "I was there, you could have thrown it to me. I'm willing to take the shot because you've got to fire a shot, and that's why I talk about firing a shot at the line rather than just playing, okay, we'll build five phases and maybe get a penalty when there's one perfect scenario there, you've got to take that moment that's that's. Yeah. That's the winning and losing of tournaments yes, of yeah. the best of the best competitions in the world, and and they did they couldn't find a way in that. Where does that leave him with the World Cup on the horizon? Then I don't think it changes anything from that point of view, but um, I think in a for him personally, I think he'll have to park it and, and move on and think bigger things. Yeah, you know, I'm number two to Johnny, who mightn't play all of the World Cup, so I've got to get myself right for it. Um, but I think it probably creates a little bit more nervousness in us, though, around us as supporters and fans about delivering against the most physical teams. It, it was against England. You know, if you look back at the, th- the games he struggled, it's back foot. Yeah. And it's the hardest thing as an out-half to deal with is on the back foot. Yeah. You won't have a, an 8 out of 10 game, but you've got to find a 7 you got to find a six and a half, seven of just finding, doing enough right stuff, correct stuff to position your team, to take pressure off your team, to create one or two chances for yeah. the X Factor players. And and it, unfortunately, that wasn't, you know, that didn't transpire. Yeah.
1: Is the optimistic way to look at that is, is that he doesn't, by a dint of playing for Leinster experience that very often and so this could be an unbelievable learning curve if he pours over that game in the right way and takes a lot from it then you know it, it, it could be worth 20 you know uh, beating Glasgow at the RDS type nights or glass be, half full I like it yeah well,
0: I, I suppose so Yeah, I, I don't with, know I, I guess the jury's out is your point yeah I think I think it's hard to to look at it that way and go this will be you know huge to him I think it will be very disappointing yeah. to him and um and I can I, I I'm struggling to see how that's how you find the real win from from it I I am if yeah. I'm honest No it's totally fair
1: to what extent because it's been um uh, talked about a bit does this bleed into
0: Ireland and world cup It's I think it's the it, it's a talking point for a reason I think if you look at the confidence that has been generated and the the quality of the Irish team a lot of it has come through what leinster have done and then they've layered lots on top of it don't get me wrong it's it's a, it's same same but different um but you have to think that there's now something driven home around that physicality aspect where they have been dominated you'd have to think there is and but yet they've managed to do it in New Zealand last year and they've won just won the Grand Slam so like it's very hard to lean that overly heavily on on Ireland go well they're going to be massively impacted by one team there'll be other massively contributing factors that will come in and go lads that's done. Last season done. Now eyes on the prize, and sometimes nothing like a new environment to forget. You know the shortcomings of an old one, but but yes, I think just indiv- as individuals, whatever as a collective in Leinster, as individuals, the disappointment will be hard to take because of it's layered on top of other disappointment last year as yeah. well, and not doing what they thought they should have done or could have done, and I think that. Will have varying effects on different players, mm. depending how quickly they are able to park that disappointment, go on their holidays, and not think about rugby. But rugby players don't not think about rugby. Yeah, I would think so.
1: I know. I I did half imagine Razzie watching the game with a beer mm. and saying, "Oh no, that's that's he,
0: that that is one hundred percent." He's yeah. like, Told he's you. he's he's written his his speech for it. Yeah, he's like, yeah we're coming at them there's no they don't have to you know think that we're going to come up with any you know any great trickery or anything yeah of course they'll have one or two plays but it is going to be ferocious physicality that they'll feel we won't be able to live with
1: yeah and I do wonder as well it's a conversation for another time but um, you know for this Irish group who've handled the pressure of New Zealand away and Grand Slam in truth, their Everest, their equivalent of a Heineken Champions Cup final for Leinster is a World Cup quarterfinal. And so just that anxiety and that loss of composure, you know, you can do the mindful breathing away to Scotland and we celebrated it. But it's, it's amazing, you know, when the you know what hits the fan as it will.
0: But nothing has changed from a World Cup point of view. Like we're, 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 we're okay. <laughs> we've talked it to, to death about being number one in the world. Are we number one in the world? <laughs> but it's it's still like you could go home after a quarter final. You could. You could play well and still just get outdone yeah, but by... Once,
1: but once we're talk, once once the analysis is not akin to what we were just describing now as in why didn't they see that on the line or which well, is available for I, a drop I, or that I kind do of think stuff,
0: the you know? Ireland team do feel as though it seems and they've They've generated this confidence because of their successes, mm. you know. Even coming second in the manner in which they came second in the Six Nations last year, um, New Zealand obviously finding a way against a hugely physical South African team, beating Australia. Like, all those things add to our belief that, okay. and their belief too. Not and just whatever about ours, isn't but their undone belief. by a Leinster. No, it's not undone. <laughs> okay, it's it's yeah, the same players in a in a different jersey, but it's also with. The added value of lots of other top quality players plugging in and and you know bringing the level up too. So it's not this isn't it's not everyone jokes about letting you know the Ireland team playing mm. in blue, but um, but you look at all the other massively important components, and one one person that you would love to have had on on Saturday was Peter O'Mahony. Yeah, you know, imagine him being thrown up at two in every line out. So he Fire w- him up. He would have gone up at uh, Skelton. Every time. Yeah. Like, uh, that, I that's as, his thing. As that. well,
1: if you've got Farrell and O'Connell, and, and again, I mean, I mean this with the greatest respect to the Lancaster Cullen, but akin to that Neanabar point, everything Farrell and O'Connell has told them is going to happen has happened. They still mm-hmm. have that, like, in the way that you know, La Rochelle listened to Roger and go. I've just heard the gospel.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: I, th- I would think in Ireland they're still in that stage with Farrell and O'Connell. And no outside. reason
0: for them not to be. Not to, yes. Because That's there's, no, key there's no, there hadn't been any, well, it hasn't been two steps forward, one yeah, step yeah. back for, for a while. Yeah. There's it's not the been continuing now. So. Okay. Uh, We're back. That's good.
1: There's <laughs> people cancelling their flight to France there 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um, final point to touch on uh, Ronan O'Gara.
0: What more can you say about this guy? I think, yeah, you know, he was very confident all week. Um, And talking about, you know, coming into the Lion's Den and there's something appetising about it and exciting about it. And the the comfort that breaking the seal of winning Europe once is significant. It is.
1: How much do you uh, think his, like, pre-match engagement with media, with the the public at large, is instinctive and he just does what comes to him in the moment? Or how much of it do you think is almost pre-planned out?
0: Like I think appear- some of it's pre-planned. Yeah. 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 Like, I think um, I was laughing at, at the Exeter game the post-match asked about the game this wasn't about rugby today this was about a journey I was like what <laughs> what's about rugby <laughs> of course it was about rugby by the way you're in a final <laughs> for the second time like that that's you've, you won Europe last year it felt a bit that'll cut up nicely <laughs> for digital <laughs> it's the second time you've done the journey but yeah. um, but at the same time you know he has a template to beat yeah, this Leinster team and and beat everyone else in Europe it's not just beating Leinster it's obviously beating Saracens in the quarter final and smashing Exeter and finding a way from 17 points down and whatever he's saying at half time filling those players with confidence they talk glowingly about them yes. it's, it's it's working yeah. it's working The there's there's a real nice balance to what the game plan looks like ferocious but subtlety you know, about getting into position early, understanding where they need to be and why and what they're trying to, when they aren't creating space by running over people, creating space by decoy lines. There's, there's plenty of thought behind this massive power game. Yes. There really is. Okay. And, and skill. And that doesn't fall together. That, that all gets pulled together and I think it's the balance between the two that I think has been very impressive and the willingness to try and get Leinster on the edge try and feel as though they can work them around the corner with size get them on the back foot get mismatches stuff that Leinster try and do to the opposition you know work them work them work them and then through exhaustion catch someone out that's ultimately what they did in the Soutini try in particular yeah. um, and detail 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 work rate right and detail there's nothing quite like the two of them in, as a combination um, and it's the small things that sazzy moment for me is encapsulates what good teams do well and other teams don't know why they're not in finals yeah. because it's that that creates the opportunity for a, another guy and you'll, his teammates will go that line. Yes, and not many people watching the, the they they'll go. Oh, great hands from Hastoy or Skelton's all floating the build up to it or Soutini Wow, he's playing brilliantly. He's running that one in. That's all about Sazzy. And those moments when your workhorses are delivering in key moments, it allows your X factor to you know pull pull it all together and and do do their thing. Mm. And uh, I mean, it's a terribly overused word, of course, but
1: culture, uh, he has like built the tightest group. I mean, it's akin to Ireland at the moment. You just feel like I was, I mentioned it yesterday, so I won't repeat myself ad nauseum. but I was right above the family and friends section of La Rochelle. And I mean, there's a closeness there, which you have to see to believe it's visceral. They're weeping, like mm. you know, climbing over chairs. It's, um, it's a really extraordinary little thing they've got going on. And so he's handling the media beautifully. You've talked about the rugby side of things, and then just to round it off, he's also created this sense of family. Mm. They're dying for each other out there, you know. Mm. So it's like just the most remarkable job. Like, did you think he'd be this bloody good? No, he's
0: obviously a very, very good coach. You know, he's. Um,
1: did you would it, you pick him out as the teammate uh, most likely?
0: I think Paulie might have something to say about that just now. You know, I think there's there, there's two coaches that are doing that are vying for greater honors coming down the line i think what the job that paul o'connell's also doing in ireland is probably more under the radar because he's not head coach yes. yeah. but i think he's doing a phenomenal job Raj, as a head coach on the club's scene yeah. on a northern hemisphere case um yeah I, I i think i thought he would be a good coach but um but it, he's a popular guy with Teammates that have played with him. Sometimes he's misrepresented by himself, <laughs> but um, I'm putting that it wouldn't be everyone's necessarily everyone's cup of tea, you know. But yet those that know him um, are really endeared to him. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's uh, he's done something very very special and 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 built a huge reputation. And there's no doubt that. International recognition is coming next by doing that. And what everyone is watching from outside in, they're kind of going, Phew, this guy must be doing something right. Well, and I mean, the English media are
1: enthralled like every time he's on BT, he goes viral oh yeah and he
0: listen that's also he's like going viral he's already writing his stuff for next year no <laughs> look he, it, and that's, that's, but like that is part of being a,
1: a, a great coach so I mean yeah, the point's been made and we've made it a few times like he was linked with the English job last time around Fanti Farrell keeps doing a great job the Irish job's not coming up anytime soon it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a hurry Ronan is in to manage at international level and if he's in a big hurry well then, he won't be managing Ireland first, and that's going to be a whole bag of
0: interesting. I, I, but like, sorry, not to to crystal ball it, but I, I I do not see how a situation where Raj is going to be managing Ireland before Paulie. Paul's next. Yeah, I, in my eyes, I think that progression piece is all important to to teams, and and definitely from an international point of view, particularly if you've had success the progression of Andy from the great stuff that Joe did of bringing all of that stuff and layering him his thing on top of it and bringing in his coaching ticket has been huge and I'm sure he would say it that it's not like he tore up the play sheet and, and started afresh he t- took lots of yeah. the success with him and and now Paulie is doing that and quietly going about his business as um and as, as an assistant coach and a forwards coach but Look at how the team has changed since he's come in. Yeah. has been significant, and so I, Finance I would sounds. suggest, like, what do I know other than have an opinion? Yeah, I would say that that the likelihood is that Paulie will, if if that is his appetite, go on to yeah. become the national coach after Andy, and that might not be for a few years if Andy decides to stay on, and who knows, you know, what's coming down the line. But I, I would definitely suggest that Raj might have to hold on and then I don't know necessarily if those two work as a unit yes they've been teammates but it, it doesn't always work perfectly oh they were two other teammates that's not it's not how also well, it's very hard to ask Raj to go in as Paul's
1: number two yeah so then you're telling me Paul get the job in 25 maybe get at least five years not seven. <laughs> I mean it's twenty thirty two and Raj hasn't managed Ireland. What's going
0: on? It can't be any greyer than he already is then. So God, um the other thing is yeah, that's like, wh- a backlog. Why, that's but, why, but like listen, you I think from his point of view, could he coach England? Of course he could. Oh I'd say he was in the mix. Of course he could. Yeah. Of course he could. So
1: Do you think France would look at him?
0: Yeah. Of course. I think so too. French speaker. Yeah. Like getting the most out of what they're good at. Yeah. Silky skills. Yeah with massive ball carrying like that's is that not what we're watching with rants under galtier that's basically their game plan yeah and he's thrown will skelton into it but it's a lot of those the big name french players dante antonio um hastoy will be yeah will come into the mix a little bit more so it's going to be interesting yeah yeah i listen i i i think it does soften your cough a small bit internationally around that physicality because it's been our undoing in the past and it does make you just kind of go oh. this is going to be a hard, hard, hard World well, Cup to win. I, I just do
1: not for a second think because it was said in November after South Africa and it was said again after France in Dublin. France team who weren't still as good as they'd been
0: the year before at that stage. Well, we've we've solved that riddle of physicality. No. The, the the issue is, and you look at you know the, you look at how many HIAS are happening now, and and how you know you lose key personnel like Furlong and James Ryan and Johnny's not playing, and all of a sudden you think there's three really key individuals that you need playing in the last five games of the World Cup if you're to get to a final, last two group games and three knockout stages that that's where we need to be to to have any shot at all and i suppose that's why we'll always have an, a nervousness because there's a huge amount of luck in yeah. not picking up those stray knees that james ryan did from wardy you know yeah. and catching one in the head that you need to avoid that and he plays on and maybe there's a different result and there's a different confidence that comes from the team but but we've got to give ourselves a chance of you know of victory by staying as fit as we possibly can. That's going to be crucial yeah, to um, to, to any success Ireland have in the next World Cup. Well, I asked
1: you before, and you said no. I'll keep asking you in, in the months ahead. Should Johnny be rested against South Africa in
0: the group stages? And uh, we might revisit that at some stage. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll change um, tack. But um, but he is. Be, he's become more vital to our, to our, to our success. I, I'd go so far as to say I don't see Ireland winning the World Cup without Johnny Sexton. There's a there's, there's headline right at the end. Of it. I, nearly, I nearly got out of this unscathed. Couldn't possibly think we'd clip that. Um,
1: last question and it is the last question I've got to go. URC final. We'll be previewing this tomorrow uh, with... URC what? Uh, <laughs> Keith and Fiona. Rumours abound that Fiona might be wearing a La Rochelle jersey on tomorrow's Wednesday night rugby. Uh, Stormers Munster... Maliki Fekitawa, Conor Murray, Calvin Nash, Orji Snyman all back for Munster which is no bad thing. I suspect they've spent two weeks watching the video of the Stormers saying we're going to F them up which is just so good. Um, They arrived in Cape Town today. How do you see this going? It is a tall, tall order obviously for Munster and it'll be a full house mainly obviously of Stormers fans.
0: Yeah, it'll be a very tough order but they've gone down and shown what they're capable of. Um, of doing down in South Africa, the, their end to the season has been very impressive. You have to, you have to, you know, stand up and, up and applaud. Going question marks, you know, earlier was like mm, qualifying for Europe, and then all of a sudden they're in a final and playing very well, playing yeah. with a lot of confidence. And it looks as though the start of their iteration under um, under Prendy has under Prendergast has has really. T- taken, begun to take a shape. Their skills are a million times better. it's right. like that repetitive practice has is starting to kick, kick in, in now. Yeah, and it's been a, that has been a process at, at Lenser for a number of yeah. years, and now it, it does look as though that's going to. Add huge value to yeah, the quality of those players. Start of the year
1: it was drop ball
0: bonanza. Yeah, yeah, and just uncertainty around running lines and whatnot. And then you've got, you know, the big power players like Sliman and and Maliki Fecato as you called them. Um, so, um, <laughs> so you, you need that you need that grunt as well. So, <laughs> three cheers for Mal. Fair enough. Um, and yet you feel Stormers' favorite. I think you have to. If, yeah. You know, so Stormers. Won it last year at home. Tough to beat there with the full pack with a with a full side. I, yeah, I think they are favourites, but I wouldn't say they're going to run away with it. Okay, I wouldn't say they're going to run away with it. I think yeah, it might be tight enough. Yeah, Malachi. Okay, <laughs> Malachi. he's Look, he's adopted now. We 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 we. He's like, not, is he not being given the boot next year? He's not adopted. He's he's like, thank you for your services, Foster. there's your forty p forty five. That was great. Brian,
1: thank you very much. Yeah, so. It was great. Uh, our rugby coverage was but thanks to Vodafone, proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.
0: Brian O'Driscoll. on off the ball.
1: With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong
0: to the team of us. Oh.